a podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. Welcome back to The Grind, a church planning podcast featuring practical tips, missional strategies, and personal stories to bring you insights and encouragement. Coming to you fresh from Little Rock, here's your hosts, Dave McClung and Neil Scoggins. Welcome back, everybody, to The Grind. We are excited that you decided to come hang out with us. Uh, obviously, you had nothing better to do. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> than, uh, right. than come hang out with old Neil and I. There you yeah. go. But I, I do have to say, we'll just, we'll just say this will be a bright spot in your day. When you get to hear our voices. There you go. There you, you know, go. For a little while. Yeah, I've been I've been humming uh Randy Travis. I'm gonna love you forever. I don't know why it's in my you've never would, heard that. I would song. prefer you not look at me when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> forever and ever, amen. I'll look off. I'll look off at the hey, wall over here. Hey, there I did go. marry a country girl. Yeah. And did so, you really? Yes, I did. So we like from the country or she I likes mean, country hey, music? Hey, Shona grew up on the farm. Girl, really? So we still have farmland in Northeast Arkansas. I knew you had farm. I thought you just did it because nah. you want to get away. Sometimes, no, yeah. no, no. I married wow. a farm girl, man, daughter of a cotton, soybean, and rice farmer. Really? Yeah. That is not you. Me and my Rose City city boy, <laughs> long hair, metalhead. There you go, dude. That was yeah, guitar playing. <laughs> yeah. That's it, dude. That's it, man. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I she's straight city. Yeah. She's. We take her to the country, and she goes, "How long are we gonna be here?" Uh, that's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. It. That is all. That's right. That's it. Yeah. Well, we are excited to uh, have our buddy Wayne Parker on with us today. Wayne is pastor at Merriman Road Baptist Church in Detroit, Michigan. What's up, Wayne? Hey guys, so good to be with you, and uh, have, have loved the relationship that uh, Arkansas uh, Baptists have with Detroit. And anytime I can, I can get on to, to talk about what God's doing here, you can sign me up for it. Absolutely. Well, you've been you've been down here what three times three. now, four times now, three. Yeah, uh, been down three times just to to visit to come to some of your missions connects, yeah, um, meetings, and then your convention meeting. Yeah, very very thankful for the opportunity. Yeah, I tell you, we you know we're we're trying our best to get connections with all of our sin cities and. And just good partnership, good mission connections with our churches, and and uh, we got to looking a few years ago and didn't have any connections in Detroit, mm. and so that just kind of became a, a prayer uh, for for us and and praying that God would bring some connections and and He has and and uh, you coming down and sharing all the incredible stuff going on in Detroit has really really facilitated that. So, well, I think I think it's a very natural connection um, for us in Michigan historically. Arkansas had a significant role in us becoming a convention. You were our uh, sponsoring state convention when Michigan was just been beginning back in the fifties. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it's great to uh, have an ongoing relationship with you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool. Well, man, uh, kind of talk about your church planning journey and, and uh, you're from Detroit originally, is that correct? And so yes, uh, indigenous to Detroit and, uh, you know, pastor in Mayor Monroe Baptist Church. Kind of talk about that journey and then your connection with NAM as Sin City Missionary, how all that came about. Sure. Yeah, I, I grew up in Detroit, uh, was raised in a Southern Baptist church here in the, in, uh, in the city and um, one of the very first Southern Baptist churches in Michigan. Uh, that I've been a part of. So I, I knew all the early uh, leaders as a kid. I, I grew up with their kids and um, just, you know, briefly um, was called uh, to church planting uh, while I was in college uh, here at Eastern Michigan University and went to Southern Seminary, uh, came back to Michigan after graduation and went to the west side of the state uh, to plant our uh, the first church plant we were involved in in a town called Big Rapids. And then from that was involved in uh, getting leadership on the west side of the state as a church planning strategist. I uh, got to be involved in about 16 church plants. Um, and then that was a period of um, uh, about 14, 15 years on the west side of the state. And then in 96, my home church, the church I grew up with uh, in here in Detroit, called and asked if we would uh, move our family back to Detroit pastor. And to be real honest, um, that really wasn't on my heart. I, I really loved what I was doing. Um, I loved church planting. 
There was not a lot of a church planning culture in Detroit among Southern Baptist churches. Mm. It was more territorial kind of attitude. You know, we don't really want more churches. Um, and so I just couldn't see myself in that role. But over a period of about six months, God changed our hearts. And, um, and towards the end of the year, 96, we moved our family to Detroit, became pastor at, at Merriman Road and really invested ourselves in kind of revitalizing and strengthening that church and uh, seeing great things happen. Uh, but one of the kind of frustrations for me in the years that I've been here early on was was church planning. I, I knew that the experience I had, um, the opportunities that I had in church planning needed to be used here. And so we made a variety of different attempts at church planning. It just seemed very slow, very slow. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just thrilled. Uh, I was thrilled with the, the new initiative that NAM took to give focus to these mm-hmm. cities. And, yeah. Detroit being one of those, um, it uh, Lord just put things together where I could give leadership early on in developing a strategy uh, for the city, and uh, so then you know as I look back now, it, it all makes sense that, that I should be here. And yeah, I should be able to have the opportunity to be a part of that and use some of the um, experience I had in starting churches on the west side of the state in uh, the city of Detroit that so desperately needs it. Yeah, yeah, I'm just curious. Why do you think that uh, you said that it was kind of territorial when you first got to Detroit? Uh, why do you think that Detroit was like that when you, uh, you you saw that growing up, I guess, in the in the area? Why do you think it was so kind of segmented territorial? Well, historically, uh, it, I mean, it, it's it's com- it's much more complicated than this. <laughs> but, uh, it, um, historically, the churches that were started in the Detroit area. Um, were Southern Southern Baptist churches. And what I mean by that is during the, the 40s, 50s, and 60s, particularly 50s, uh, you had this wave of Southerners coming to Detroit to work in the automotive factory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when they got here, many of them said, hey, there just aren't churches like back home here in the North. And uh, so that became the impetus of starting Southern Baptist churches. The the, the the, the negative to that was that that became their essential outreach plan was to go around and look for Southern license plate. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, wow. I'm not kidding. Yeah. They would drive around and look, you know, Oh, there's a Kentucky plate. Let's go visit them. You know? And, um, and so they became more cultural enclaves mm. than local and, you know, churches reaching an indigenous population. Yeah. And I think you can understand, I can understand it. I mean, I grew up here, so I, I know um, in the community where I'm at, where my our church was, it is uh, largely Catholic, strong, mm-hmm. you know, second generation European Catholic churches, and and so um, many of the churches in the area just you know focused on that kind of southern cultural thing, and so many of them were weaker. And when you began talking about church planting, and I'm sure you hear it in Arkansas too. Mm-hmm. They say, well, why are you spending money on starting a new church? Yeah. You should help us. Yeah, as exactly. A wee struggling church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why are we doing that? So, so any conversation I had with, with local pastors, that always came up. Yeah. yeah. Why well, we should be on trying to start a new church. We've got these churches that are weak and struggling. That's yeah. where, that's where we should have been. And so it was frustrating. Um, uh, because I, I could see, you know, I could see that unless, unless we did some things that helped us reach the indigenous population, we weren't going to be around here. For right. Very long. Yeah. Cause each one flows up and die. Um, well, I, um, I, I knew in my heart that church planning was, was how we were going to make a difference in this city that is, um, that is such in such need of the gospel. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of cities, so what is Detroit? I mean, you know, you hear all the stuff on the news about, you know, Detroit closes doors and it's shut down or whatever. Obviously, it's still open because you're there. So <laughs> uh, so what I mean, what what is De- Detroit like? I mean, you know, kill all the myths, dispel all the rumors about Detroit. Give us give us give us a taste of Detroit. Well, I, I don't know that I can, I can kill all of them. There's been so many of them. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, some you know, all of all of carry some truth to it but the problem is that usually the 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 video lens has such a narrow focus and has a narrow view and and they focus in on one aspect of the city Mm. and uh and and miss everything that's going on next door um and that that, you know that's that's just the way the media works but uh, yeah detroit's had 
some very, very hard times. And there's no question about that. Uh, we've had a corrupt government, and, um, but but I'm, I'm telling you that that has changed um, at many different levels. We've seen that change. We thank the Lord for that. Um, it has very complicated issues uh, economically because it's been tied to the automotive industry all these mm-hmm, years. Mm-hmm. You know, we ride that in the automotive lows. Um, the city experiences it more than anybody else in the country. Um, and so those, those are true factors. And, uh, but, but here's, here's the reality. If we look at it from a kingdom perspective, you know, there's 4.7 million people that live in, in the Detroit metro area. Wow. And, um, from my experience, it's a spiritually dark place. Uh, there, there are churches around, lots of churches you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the churches in, in our area, they'll preach a different gospel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, there's a couple different gospels. Um, one is a very liberal, anti-biblical gospel, and the other is a health and wealth gospel. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and those, you know, those uh, seem to be... Um, the norm in the city. So spiritually, it's very dark. And um, if, if we were to if we were to just take a glimpse, a snapshot, say, of of, uh, of comparisons, um, in, in Arkansas, you have one Southern Baptist Church for about eight, every 1,800 and uh, some uh, population, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in the Detroit area, we have one uh, church for every 40,000. Um, yeah. So we don't have many churches Um there, thankfully, there are, there are other, other non-denominational churches um, or other churches that are helping. But yet, even at that, if we were to make comparisons along the lines of any of those denominations, you'd see a tremendous disparity. It's just um, we, we need gospel-centered, gospel-preaching churches. Yeah. And that's why this initiative is so valuable to us. Yeah. Well, I think, you know— one of the things that's been so intriguing about Detroit for me when you've been down here is, you know, talking about the resurgence of the city itself and, uh, and, and so many, you know, incredible examples of, of great church planning efforts with indigenous Detroitians. Yeah. What what do you call them? Detroiters. 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 Yeah. 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 And uh, that God seems to be raising up some key leaders in neighborhoods, you know, from there, you know, native there and, and doing incredible things with, with Detroiters. And so that, that's just been so intriguing to me. And I know some of our church plants have gotten to come up mm-hmm. and, and do mm-hmm. some, some mission trips and have some connections there. And so I, I just want to see this connection continue to thrive. You know, my, my experience with Detroit is Motown, Ted Nugent. There you go. Uh, the the old Pistons teams with that's Bill right. Lambeer. And, <laughs> that's right. And, uh, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, all those guys. Uh, Barry Sanders, yeah. greatest running back there ever. You, you know, there I you mean, go. you know, sports has been such a huge part of that culture, you know, for so long. And I have, I almost wore it today in your honor. But I have a, a 2006 World Series hat where the Cardinals beat the Tigers. Uh, <laughs> that would have been appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, of course, always, you know, love the baseball teams. It's just been such a rich, you know, sports, you know, city. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just always been fascinated by Detroit. But then, you know, there's, the other side has been all the, all the corruption that you talked about and, yeah. the, you know, the, the crime. But so much music has come out of there. I'm a big music junkie. And, oh, man. And, uh, and so. I, I, I want to know what church Barry Gordy goes to. Is he still in Detroit <laughs> or did he move to the West no, Coast? No, he, he's not still in Detroit. He moved to L.A. Uh, some years back. Did he? Okay. Yeah. 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 We still, you know, we still have his uh, – uh, houses that that now house what is the museum for Motown. Right. Which if you ever get to the city, you got to go to it. It's just um, it sets so much in context, not just music, yeah. but mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, the you know the tensions in the city and and what it led to, um, but but how music really helped t- in so many ways bridge the racial yeah. barriers. Yeah. In exactly. The city. 
Yeah. And uh, so it's a, it's a wonderful story if you ever get that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, and I, you know, I'm a, I really am a huge music junkie and, and love music documentaries and anything on history of music. Because music and art and literature are always... They bridge, man. Uh, ties to what's going on in the culture. And, yeah. and in a lot of ways, those are our prophetic voices. Uh, mm-hmm. whether, whether they realize they're being prophetic or not, uh, a lot right. of times that's where the prophetic voice comes from is the artist community. And, uh, you know, Detroit's such a, a hub for that. Yeah. Um, pray that, pray that continues and uh, comes yeah. back and develops again. So we'll talk about, you know, we're talking about church planning. So talk about some of the, you know, really significant things that are going on. I mean, we met, you know, a couple of guys from Detroit, Cornelius, um, Robinson, Yep, Robeson came down and got to meet him. Big, full of life guy <laughs> and uh, Mr. Personality, and and yeah. just heard you talk about some stories. Kind of give us an update on some of the significant things guys doing in in church planning world up there. Yeah, let, let me let me kind of set the stage of that just for a moment to, to go back um, when all this began. The Send Detroit Network uh, about five years ago. Um, we just you know gathered with a group of pastors from the area and looked at the map. Uh, kind of divided the map up against in regions, asking our local pastors to pray about the neighborhoods where we'd so desperately need to plant. Hmm. And as a result of, of that work over about six months, uh, we came up with 73 different neighborhoods and uh, that would help us at least initially begin this process strategically. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, out of those meetings, the, the next question um, I can't remember which one of the pastors that raised it, but it, you know, every, it hit everybody hard. It was like, all right, here's the 73 neighborhoods, and we all agree this is desperately needed. Where are we going to find 73 planners that are willing to come to Detroit and do this? And uh, that was, you know, that was just a, you know, we went around the room. We talked about what we could do, talked about, um, you know, visiting seminaries and uh, letter campaigns. We talked a whole bunch of stuff, but really, we, we came back to this, you know, we really don't have a way to do this we the only thing we've got is prayer and 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 so we committed um for a year i mean we got our phones lined up to to alarm at, at 10 2 in the morning uh so that we pray luke 10 2 mm-hmm. you know so we wow. agree That's together cool. that we're asking god to raise up labors in the harvest because from for me it was my conviction early on uh that the the really the guys we needed to do this job most of them were already here right I, we again. I, I've lived here all my life, so that's, that's one of the strengths. I've, I've seen the guys come from the south, help pastor, or start a church, and they never seem to last more than two or three years. Yeah. Because um, you know, if we're just really honest, we we know that most pastors end up within two hundred miles of their mother-in-law. That's just the way it works. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Or, or uh, further. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> um, but. Um, so, so I, I knew that for, for longevity, for, for really health and strength of these church life, we, we needed local guys, but didn't know where they were. So we just began to pray. And the exciting thing to me today is to stand here today and, and talk to you about it. And this is, you know, it's just the, it's the work of God. It's the hand of God on, on that, answering those prayers, because we're working with about 53 uh, guys wow. uh, right now, um, working towards that 73 number. But the number really doesn't matter. It's just that uh, it was a beginning place. But the, the exciting part is of those guys, the 53 guys, as I look at the guys that have launched already on our map here, um, there, there are only three uh, that did not come from Detroit. Mm. Um, wow. So, wow. So it's about, it's almost 90% of our planners are indigenous guys. Yeah. Now, some of them, some of them had been gone. You know, they were serving in other states. And God just put it on their heart. They needed to come back to Detroit. They needed to come back to their home and, and plant. And uh, and that that's fine. You know, that's great. Uh, but many of them are, have never left. Many of them are, have grown up here. And um, and it still just thrills my soul. And I'm talking to a prospective planner. He, he uh, somehow connects with me one way or another. And we're sitting down. We're talking, hearing his story, and hearing his sense of calling. And I'll ask him, and I'll say, um, so where is it that, that God has focused you? Because he's already talking about a neighborhood. And tell me, tell me the cross streets. And so he tells me the cross streets. And so let's go look at the map. And 
And I go over and look at the map, and, and almost every time there's a dot right on that cross street. Oh, you know, wow. Uh, God's put it on his heart. Um, and uh, he put it on our heart five years ago, and uh, I just get goosebumps every time. I say, thank you, God. You know, God's answering those prayers um, and, and sending us guys that um, already have a heart for that neighborhood yeah. to raise yeah. up. Raise up. Uh, these kind of planners. So it's, it's, yeah, it's just thrilling. It's exciting. Um, and we've seen uh, 28 churches launched um, in, in in that initiative. And we've got a, a number of guys, 20 some guys that um, that were working in the pipeline, getting ready. And, um, and, and over the, over these, over these years, one of the, you know, one of the things that has helped us is, is learning how to help pull these guys back. Uh, from launching too soon. Cause that's, yeah. um, when I had that initial meeting with the, with the guy, typically, I mean, they're like ready to go tomorrow. They want, they want to start tomorrow <laughs> and we're, yeah. and we're sitting there saying, no, 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 no. We, we really need time to help prepare you to do this right. And, um, uh, as, as we go along, as we mature and in, in our systems and our ability to support these guys and help them structure the, the ministry and launch, um, it has enabled us to really help draw guys back and, and get them launched well. Yeah. So, yeah. so as you're, you know, you're praying for those. So there's 73, you still working with those 73 neighborhoods that you're trying to find planters to fill in, correct? So those 73 you're, you're looking yeah, for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so what would you yeah, like? I mean, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, we're not limited to that in no way. That, yeah, you know, gotcha. that was a beginning point. And, gotcha. And, and certainly other neighborhoods and areas are coming on in our hearts and our minds. And, and if a guy said, hey, I really feel called to this neighborhood, not on the map. We, we put a dot on there right now. Right? That's <laughs> yeah. not the issue for us. Yeah. Um, but we just we needed a place to start. Yeah. And um, um, but but I, I just I, I bring that up as an illustration that it's just very evident that the things that have happened here, not because we developed some great strategy. Yeah. Um, it, it's because. You know, this was on God's heart long before it was on our heart, and we're just we're we're thankful for the structures that Nam has and the support that they've helped provide us to, to be able to coach these guys along. Uh, but but God's doing the work. Yeah. And, uh, what would you like to see? What's the what's the next thing that that we can be praying with you about? What's that? Because you you've got you've seen God do a, some major stuff already. So, you know, he's not finished. I mean, you know, obviously we're no. still here. God's not finished. What, what would you like to, like to see? What's the next wave you'd love to, you'd love to see happen? With, with church planting in Detroit, uh, with those guys, what's the big thing that's right in front of you now? Well, I, there, there's several things, but the, probably one of the bigger ones is, is what we're praying for and, and trying to coach our guys towards is multiplication. Um, okay. Many of our guys have launched new new starts out of their out of their mission, out of their new work. Um, but what we're praying for is is it to be a, a more indigenous multiplication. Gotcha. And what I mean by that is we're seeing in these new church plants. You know, of course, for I think for all of us, the most exciting part of the new church plant is seeing the baptisms uh, yeah. because these guys are baptizing and 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 the. The, the nurturing discipleship process is something we've coached them in, but now it's, it's the, the training and leadership uh, whereby out of these new believers, uh, we're seeing, we're seeing new church planters um, come organically indigenously. Yeah. And, and that's, um, it's, a, it's a hard thing. I mean, I, I think all the struggle with it. I, 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 even as a pastor, I'm trying to train my, my guys and, uh, I just haven't seen many come out of our church that we've launched mm-hmm. uh, to go plan a church, but man, we, we want to see that. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's what's going to make all the difference in the future is that people who come up in this, this church planning culture have come to Christ in church planning culture um, are trained then to go out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to be our most effective church planners yeah. years ahead. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, and we're experiencing the same thing. We, we just finished a, Three month, what we're calling ascending church cohort, with some of our you know stronger churches, healthier churches in Arkansas, and, and trying to get them to shift from who can we bring in to train up and send out to who do we have that we can raise right. up and send out, and 
Um, and, and, and that's been a, a big shift in church planning conversation for our state. Uh, <laughs> you know, most of our pastors haven't thought like that, um, you know, not looking at, at their leaders like that. And, and I was one of those guys, I was in engineering when, when God called me into the ministry. And so I was one of those guys that was in a church sitting there. And then God said, no, engineering is not what you, I want you to do. I want you to do this. And so there are guys like that all over. Our, our churches, we just got to give them language and, and license, you yeah. know, freedom to explore exactly. that. And, uh, and, and if they're in, in the culture and context already, then they're far more equipped to be able to reach that culture and context than, than parachute dropping in. So, yeah, um, yeah so we want to see that happen all over. And I, you know, I, I would guess that Detroit is a very diverse city. <laughs> And it's, it's larger than Arkansas's entire population. And, For uh, but uh, you know, what are what are some some specific people and places you know that we could be praying about that that uh, hey, we really need something happening here. A lot of internationals, Absolutely. you know, there. So, right. Well, of course. Um, and and if you kind of probably process your own hist- your own memory, you'll you'll know that uh, we have a the largest Arabic Muslim mm-hmm. population. Yeah. Yeah, um, in North America. Yeah, uh, for for most Muslims, Dearborn is kind of their spiritual center yeah. in North yeah. America. Uh, so that's you know that's two miles down the road from, from where I'm at right yeah. here. So, um, uh, we have to we have to make an impact here. Yeah, um, if if people under the influence of the teaching of Muhammad are going to be reached. It, it really needs to be here. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I tell you story after story of, of I, I believe the openness of that. Um, I was sitting with one of my church planners in a restaurant having breakfast and um, the major D uh, was kind of standing off the side, but he was, he was obviously um, uh, Arabic. And so I invited him over just to have a conversation with him. And we were just chatting and he, he I asked him how long he'd been in the state. He'd been in Michigan for said, 25 years. He'd raised his kids here. They were graduating from high school. And and as, as we got a little bit later in the conversation, I just, I just asked him the question. I said, um, has, has in your years here, has anybody uh, ever shared with you uh, that, that, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, that you might have, uh, assurance and the promise of eternal life, and, and his response just floored me because he, he just he looked straight at me and he said, "No, no one ever has, but I always expected someone would." Mm. Wow. wow, yeah, and and it just it reminded me that that we 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 tend to go through life and we kind of wear some blinders of different people groups mm-hmm. that are right around us. And we don't even notice them. Um, yeah. You know, they're there, but we don't have a heart that's tuned to recognize the, the lostness that's in our own neighborhood. I'm sure that's saying in Little Rock, you, you've got pockets of, of people that have come here from other places. Yep. But you, you, you know, you're focused on a certain group of people that you you notice wherever you go. Mm-hmm. They're your people. Mm-hmm. But the other folks, you don't don't even know are there. Uh, so for, for us, it's it's. It's recognizing we've got an opportunity, and that's not just among Arabs or Southeast Asians or uh, other groups, um, but but we've got an opportunity. We've got to give emphasis to it. It's, it's not traditional church planning. Um, it really isn't um, because it's going to be a lot slower go. Yeah. Uh, but we've got guys that God has sent to us. Um, uh, one of them is, is a Bangladeshi background, um, but he's Muslim background. And the story, he's got an awesome story. I'm not going to give a lot of details on him because I'm in a public forum. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, his, his, fa- his father came to faith in Christ. He was a Southern Baptist missionary, gave him a track in Bangladesh. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, um, that track led to him coming to faith in Christ, even though his family uh, were all imams. Um, wow. And, uh, but anyways, his son comes to Detroit for an arranged marriage. Um, because the family knew a family in, in Detroit. And when he gets here, in, in short, he, he's blown away with how many people from his city, um, Muslim background Bangladeshis, that live in this part of Detroit. 
some 28,000. And nobody was seeking to reach him. He said there was, he spent two weeks trying to find somebody that had a ministry trying to reach him with the gospel. And nobody is. And so God put it on his heart to stay. And um, after he and his wife got married, sweet gal and sweet couple, uh, um, we began to work with them. He's got seven house groups right now. Wow. All, um, six of them are Muslim background believers. One of them is Hindu or Hindi mm. uh, background believers. Um, and he's raised up a, a young man that uh, uh, that he's the he's, uh, church planning with us as well. Um, we we just got to continue to pray prayerfully see that kind of thing multiply again. I can't manufacture that. Yeah, I, right. I can't make that happen. Yeah. But, but we can we can ask God to raise up guys, and then we're prepared when we meet them to help uh, come behind them, support them, coach them, train them to, to do the work. And uh, so we're we're um, asking you to pray with us in that way. Uh, for example, um, Detroit has a I think a unique opportunity among Japanese um, because of the automotive industries here. We have a lot of Japanese that come in and work for two to two to five years mm-hmm. in the automotive industries. All of the all of the Japanese companies have uh, research and development here in Detroit. Yeah. And uh, we know this. Uh, it's very, very difficult to reach Japanese in Japan. Yeah. But when they're here, um, they're much more open to the gospel. They're willing to explore. They're willing to learn. And um, so we're praying and we're working towards um, uh, a Japanese pastor coming to help us. Wow. Um, but but we're praying about that initiative this year uh, is is the, the planting of a Japanese speaking uh, church here in Detroit. Wow! Yeah, so, you, you you mentioned uh, that the I'm, my words not yours that uh, it's not traditional church planting that the runway is a little longer. Why do you think that the mm-hmm. runway has to be longer? Because you talk about guys when you meet them, they immediately want to jump out the box and do something right now, and I think that's all across the world. Uh, when guys kind of get that burning, they think, hey, I'm going to launch a church today and we're going to take off or whatever. But uh, why do you think that they are particularly that you have to have uh, or maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. Does the runway literally have to be longer? Do they have to have a little more patience uh, in planting uh, in the Detroit area? Well, I don't know this the Detroit area. I think we would probably Anywhere. say the same thing ever. Yeah. Um, but but. Um, the, the run, the runway needs to be longer because, um, like I said, like you said, and you know, most guys are ready to go tomorrow, yeah. but they haven't done the work to develop leadership. Yeah. Uh, you know, to develop that core group and within the core group, develop leadership. that's going to help sustain uh, a ministry with discipleship and evangelism. Um, so most guys are willing to go out and do it on their own. You know, they'll just do everything to start with. Right. But you and I know that, that uh, it's a tough road, yeah. and we, we, most many of those guys are going to burn out if yeah. you let them do that. Yeah. Uh, so if we hold them back and say, "Hey, no, let's you know let's let's build your core group, let's help us you help you develop some leadership in your core group, so you're not carrying this whole weight." Um, let's find you some partners. It takes time to find partners. They're going to help support you financially, um, and and we try to make commitments to them in that in that role. I mean, that's part of what I do is telling. Uh, churches like your churches that, you know, these guys are, are, are good places for you to invest for the kingdom. Yeah. God's doing a great work here. Um, if you can get behind one of these guys prayerfully, you can help support them in, in a variety of different ways and, and, and help support them financially. Um, they're going to be a stronger church plant as a result. And, and so I don't know that it's just Detroit. I think it's anywhere. We, yeah. we, we learned this, that, that if we can help a guy, Put a, maybe a year ahead of him in that planning, getting paired up with a successful church planner, so he's seeing it. Yeah, um, he has a better, just a, a better context for his his church plan as he begins. So that, that's what we work towards. We've got some guys who've done great jobs, and we try to get them, you know, all these prospective planners paired up with a guy that's doing it right now, uh, so that this potential church planner can experience it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there, you know, particularly with you know, international, there's so many cultural and religious barriers to overcome, mm. uh, to cross, and you know, e- even you know, for us to get to them, and not not mm. counting all that they've got to 
deal with, you know, to begin a relationship with Jesus. We have our first Hindi church plant getting ready to start here in Little Rock. And it's coming out of a, a church plant that's a little over a year old, but they already have six countries represented in their church. And this is one of them that they're sending out. They found a, a large Indian population here in, in, uh, in Little Rock. And there are seven different dialects mm-hmm. spoken in this in this one yeah. Hindi group. And I think there's 26 different states represented in Arkansas from India. And you know, we're finding out all this stuff. And, and, and there's so, so many, <laughs> there's so many things to, to work through, you know, to create right. a, a cohesive body there. And right. uh, it just takes and a while. The deeper you get into it, the more, the more you find out, the more complicated the picture really is. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the guy I was talking about that's working among, particularly Bangladeshis, that's why, you know, he has these seven groups and we talked about bringing them all together and he's saying, no, it doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's better to do it this way. Said, okay. Okay. I, yeah. I get you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, well, and that's where we've got to lay our Western mindsets aside. Yeah. Right. And, uh, cause we want to impose that on these other cultures and it just, it does not work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and no. so, and, and I like what you did. You, you, you trust yep. him. I mean, you know, that that's the piece. Oh, yeah. You trust, you know, you, you trust that he knows, you trust that he knows the the culture, uh, and you just kind of back up and, and not try to force, like Dave said, try to force our way of doing things on, well, on ga- gathering absolutely. those. Absolutely. Yeah, because there's no absolutely, way. You, you were yeah. talking about that uh, that Indian group that's around. I'm going to tell you what's funny is you, you were talking about the different groups that are in Detroit that are coming out. So our church is in what we would call, and you'd be more inner city than we are, cause, yeah. but they are less than a mile from where we are in the inner city. Yeah. That group had no idea yeah. that they were there. Yeah. None. Right. Because my focus was on a totally different deal, but because some, I mean, right, a couple of right around the block and we, un, until we get those church planters uh, with the heart and we continue to pray, they know, we know where they are. They know where they are. But we just yeah. got to equip them yeah. and, and let them go and well, put them out there. We found out, and this is, you know, when we really made a concerted effort to, to really start focusing, focusing on internationals in Arkansas. 130-something different, you know, people groups here and 60, 70-something. 67, or yeah. UPGs or UUPGs, you know, here you know, in, in Arkansas. And, and uh, there is, uh, there is, I just found this out when we started working with this Indian church plant. There is a cricket club that meets at our junior high school where, where we grew up, and uh, which is no longer a, a middle school. Right, it's a, right. Uh, kind uh, of alternative a, school. A ta- alternative school. Yeah. But there's a football field where we played football every Saturday, Sunday afternoon, and there's a cricket club there now. And uh, I just found this out. And and I'm that's all right there. All of these folks right there. come and, together. <laughs> yeah. But until you start looking, you, you don't know. You don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. You know, that's the lesson for for all of us that God's bringing these people to us. Yeah. We've got a responsibility. For exactly. Them. Exactly. Well, what before we get to to our rapid fire section, those soul burning questions that everybody <laughs> wants to know. Soul burning. What would be so? So you've been. You know, native Detroiter, you know, all your life. You've done church planting. You've pastored. You're pastoring established church now. You know, for for planters, you know, that may be interested in coming to Detroit uh, or you know, connecting to partner. What what would be one piece of advice? One thing you would encourage them in as they they process that, think through that. Uh, I guess I'd start with give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh, let yeah. me connect you. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, it's just because uh, on either side of that, if, if you're exploring God's call in your life, um, what I would do is help get you connected with some of our planners here so yeah. that you can hear their stories, see the communities, because you're going to learn uh, the cultural nuances quicker from a church planner than from anybody. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would, you know, quickly do that. I would connect you. Um, I would... I would like to show you some of the dots on the map is, is one of the other things that I do um, as, I, as I explore with people that, that are uh, looking this over. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to want to know what you're interested in. If you have a, an urban interest, if you have a, um, a downtown interest, if you have a, a suburban interest. 
and to show you some of those places where we where, where we know we need churches. Yeah. On the other side of that, um, you know, I'd love to love to involve you in a vision tour. Uh, if it's a church or a mission pastor or a senior pastor, and you're you're considering partnering, um, again, I, I would I would help with that. Um, I would you know, share with you. I've got a date coming up. It's next fall, so it gives you plenty of time to um, consider it. October 14 through 16. I've got a, a large vision tour planned, and um, those are those are a lot of fun. You're going to get to experience the city. Um, we'll definitely take you to Motown. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but I'll get you. I'll get you in front of a, a variety of different kinds of planters, and so that you you can experience it and, and help you, help you think through what kind of church plant you your church best fit. But if that date doesn't work for you, um, I'm willing to. Uh, I'm willing to pull it together as a smaller type of vision tour for, for anybody who can come. Yeah. We want you to see our city. We want you to meet our planters. Yeah. I'd love to do that. That'd be that'd great. Be, that'd, that'd be great. Cool. Yeah. Sh- share your email address for everybody. Uh, they're listening. They could shoot you a note. Yeah. Just W Parker, uh, Wayne Parker, just W Parker at nam.net. Okay. Perfect. Cool. So if you're interested in Detroit, checking the city out, planting, partnering, Wayne is your guy. Uh, the piece of Please. advice yeah. is give Love him a call. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wayne, were you ever in radio? Because, man, you got a heck of a voice. No, um, but my my study was in opera. So, um, oh, I, really? Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, the voice major. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I think that has a little bit to do with the, the voice. Yeah, quality. man, you, you, okay. <laughs> Let me just say, if I wasn't sitting down, I'd be knocked down. Right now. <laughs> that got me. Wow. Little known well, facts I, you know, about Wayne Car- Parker. <laughs> I, I, I do try to talk to you know most of my young guys that I'm we're training in, in pastoral ministry. I said, man, one of the best things you can do if you're going to be preaching a lot, take voice training. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go study under a voice teacher. Let them teach you how to breathe, how to yeah. how to use your vocal cords right, and and uh, you'll you'll do well. So um, I'm a big proponent of the voice teaching. Man, <laughs> I did not know that. I didn't either. That was just <laughs> man. You you got me. That's Boy. great. Yeah. That I'll see you great. later. I'm going to take some voice lessons. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we want to get you out of here on uh, on these final questions. We call this rapid fire. So, uh, some guys have taken a slow walk. Uh, we want uh, you know quick answers here, and uh, <laughs> they're deep and burning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, top one or two books that have had the most impact on you? Um, yeah, I, I saw that question, so I, I grabbed them. Um, <laughs> probably the most the one of the Early, or more recent reads that I use with all my planners that has just been foundational for me in, in strategic thinking and church planning and, and church culture is uh, a yeah. little man. Well, there you go. unique. It was so liberating for me to read that book because yeah. that's the way I thought. Um, and uh, I, I noticed I'm, everything backwards on my screen, so I, that probably didn't help my lettering. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 I love the teaching that uh, church unique and that in exploring the culture of your church to discern, you know, what, what you should be focusing on. It's great stuff. And then I don't know if you're familiar with the ministry of, uh, David Bryant, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, his book, Christ is all, yeah. uh, you know, I've, I've, that's been important uh, to my ministry for a lot of years. And, uh, the, the focus on the, on the kingdom of God in Christ, Christ being the head of your church, mm-hmm. Christ, uh, um, and you know, one of the, one just just one little tidbit that he encouraged uh, me and I uh, put the work in our church as we explored what does it mean to have Christ ruling and reigning in our church. You know, when I do um, deacons meeting or council meetings, you know, uh, just to help remind our guys and gals that, that this is Christ's church. We always have the the, the, the main seat is empty. Yeah, <laughs> we say this is. Remember, Christ is in the room, man. He this is his business and we get to participate in it. Yeah. Uh, just that, that perspective uh, that Bryant has, I think is, is, is awesome stuff. Yeah. So it's very formative for me. Cool. That's real cool. Okay. Greatest strength and greatest weakness. Hmm. Uh, for church planning for you, anything. I mean, yeah, yeah. all of it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. For me, I, I would say, 
you know, the, the strength that I have and the roles that I'm, I'm, I'm doing right now is, is longevity. Uh, meaning I, I've been here and, and for what we're doing in Sin Detroit, the essential piece to that is that, you know, there's historically been a great divide between the churches in the city and the churches in the suburbs. And, and because I, I have longevity here, I've worked with pastors on both sides. Um, it, it's the strength is it's given me the opportunity um, to connect um, these works yeah. and try to help bridge that and to understand um, you know, just to be able to understand the cultural differences there. Um, that's been very important. It's many times I have guys come into the city or, or other leaders from whether it's a state or national convention and say, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. <laughs> no, we, we really don't need to do that. <laughs> you, these people relate to each other and, and, and the cultural difference. And, uh, and so I, I think it's been very, very important. That, that's a strength. Uh, weakness, you know, the weakness I experience or I feel right now is, is probably just in, in, in my age. I'm, I'm involved in a young man's game to a certain degree. Uh, and I, um, it takes a tremendous amount of energy to help, um, help these guys in planting. And, uh, I, uh, I run out of energy at the end of the day. It seems like I've, I'm really experiencing that as a very, uh, true weakness. Um, hmm. but, uh, um, I, I, you know, I, w- I would say on a personal level, um, uh, one of my, my, my weaknesses is, as I see it is, is giving enough, um, affirmation and praise to the mm. people that are serving with me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. Cause, cause the way I'm made up, I, I really don't like it. I mean, I don't like it when people, uh, make big over me or whatever. You know, I don't like that. And so I, I just kind of in a natural tendency, I'm not really big on, on the way I should celebrate what God's doing through this person or that person or the other. I, I really try to work at that. Yeah. But I, but I know it's one of my weaknesses. Yeah. 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 Favorite hobby or pastime? I I like to fish. Oh. Uh, we've got a great fishing Detroit area. I don't get much time to do it. I'm really trying to make an asserted effort this spring. I've gotten up twice already this spring walleye fishing and yeah. um we've been done well so um actually no i take it back i've been out three times that's, that's gonna be like correct. <laughs> uh, so i'm really trying to do that i do like fishing so have you talked to tim wicker about that have you no, guys I had that okay yeah, well boy, you, you just uh, made him a resident of detroit <laughs> that's right yeah. <laughs> I got the boat, I got the rig. yeah i can teach him how to do the walleye fishing yeah um we do salmon fishing. We um, smallmouth bass, not not much on the big mouth, the largemouth bass because we're we're cold up here. But, yeah, uh, but walleye is great fishing up here. Yeah. Wow. All right. Okay. What is your favorite movie? I'm I'm real interested in this one. That, that is really hard for me. Um, <laughs> uh, it really is. I mean, I I kind of you know I. I grew up on the Star Wars saga. I didn't like the later ones, but you know yeah. the original probably has to still be some of my top ones. Uh, but you know, if I walk in the room and um, um, and the Patriots play in, or um, uh, I'm trying to think of another one like that, but uh, I, I can't help but stop and watch it. I mean, I, I'll, I'll watch Patriot anytime it's on. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Original Star Wars, man. That's it. Yeah. I saw that in a drive-in theater. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. It was yeah. All right. Now, now coming from one of the music capitals of the world. There you go. You've already expressed training in opera. You, you live in the back door of Motown. That's right. So what, what would be, if you can narrow down at all, favorite band or musician? To one? Or, or a couple. Well, see, yeah, that, that would be the thing. You know, I, 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 I love Vivaldi, uh, so I, I like to listen to Vivaldi or Tchaikovsky. Oh, there uh, you but, go. But at the same time, you know, I, 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 I love the Beatles. I'd have to go with the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Boom. There you go. That's pretty good. Yep. Man, That's I watched a, a history a, a documentary on music, though. They were talking about the Beatles early on and some of the – the incredible advances in recording technology because of some experiments yeah. they tried in the studio. And uh, with multi-tracking and layering of sounds and 
uh, they were the first to, to really kind of dive into a lot of that and and yeah. uh, so many advances made with the Beatles. That I mean, that's how, that's being creative. True innovators. Yeah. Them yeah. and Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Just yeah, yeah just oh, with the with the different sounds. Yep. That's that's it. Yeah, came absolutely. out of Detroit. There you go. Wow. Well, man, thanks so much for coming on and hanging out with us. And hopefully we've painted a, a good picture of Detroit to intrigue people to, to check it out and give you a shout and, and see if we can make some, some further connections there. And, and uh, I, you know, we've loved having you down uh, to Arkansas and hope that will continue and get you back down here. Uh, man, love hearing this, the stories, love seeing what's happening there uh, in Detroit. I just think God's got good stuff coming. Let me let me tell you what, just real briefly because um, I know we're getting out of time. But you know, you're asking about what what we're seeing happen. Here's here's really what's exciting happening is is um, if if I look now at our state convention, um, you know, I, I mentioned that how how our how often churches kind of are hesitant about church planning because they're fearful the money's wasted or whatever. But in the as I look today in the top ten giving churches um, in Michigan. Um, we have, it, it would be real close to five. I think there's the fifth one's right on the edge. The top 10 givers, uh, four to five of them are recent church plants within the last four. Wow. That is so cool. Wow. Man. That, that, this is Michigan. It's not Arkansas, right? We don't have any big mega churches right. uh, in Michigan, uh, Southern Baptist churches. Uh, but, um, but we've got one of our churches, um, Miles City Church has launched two other churches also and their combined attendance at Easter was 1800 um, wow. and that those churches are three years old yeah um, we don't have churches like that in Michigan and, right. and so these new churches are are, uh, are infusing new strength to our to our Southern Baptist work even just monetarily as yeah. they're as they're giving um, uh, it, it's helping to strength strengthen the work in all of Michigan yeah and so um, this is what God's doing here. You have a part in it already uh, through cooperative program of giving, and a number of your churches are partnering with some of our planners, and we're so very, very thankful. Yeah. We're th- also thankful also for the trailer you guys sent us. That yeah. Has been awesome. <laughs> that has been awesome. Yeah. All of our guys are using it. Great. Um, and um, and, and it's, it's been a big blessing. Thank you. Yeah. Arkansas. That's really Well, and yeah, Arkansas Baptist, you, you may not all know this, but we were able to gift a block party trailer to uh, Wayne, the, the planners in Detroit, and and uh, so excited to to see that being used. And hopefully that's a that's a big help uh, in connecting with neighborhoods. So uh, uh, that, that's fantastic. That's awesome. That's a real partnership right there, man. That's what it's about. Yep. For real. All right, man. Well, thanks so much. And, uh, man, appreciate you coming on and hanging out with these two knuckleheads. And uh, we just love talking church planning and and uh, excited to see what's going on. We'll be praying and uh, continue to try and connect folks with you guys in Detroit. And and so, man, have a blessed week. And uh, we're going to see dots on, and uh, churches in every one of those 73 dots. Uh, on your Thank map you. there. Plus some. <laughs> Plus, Plus some. some. Plus some. Amen. There you go. All Amen. right. All right. See you, Wayne. Thanks so much, buddy. That's all for this episode of The Grind. Make sure to sign up for The Grind email newsletter for all the latest news, articles, and book recommendations by going to absc.org slash thegrindnewsletter. If you like what you hear, rate and review us, and make sure to share this episode with your friends. Until next time, keep grinding. <laughs>